Hakeem. And I'm Crystal. And this is Eat, Sing, Carry. You may know us from absolutely nowhere. However, join us as we discuss our personal experiences, popular culture, spirituality, and other topics that we have a hard time addressing. In a nutshell, we will talk about anything from drag queens to Jesus and everything in between. Eat, Sing, Carry starts now. A scrub is a guy that thinks he's flying, also known as a buster. buster. Always talking about what he wants and just sits on his progasso. No. no, I don't want your number now. I don't want to give you mine no. I don't want to meet you nowhere, no. Don't want none of your time. Oh, <laughs> I don't wanna scrub. A scrub is a guy that can get no love from me. Cause he could have had a bad bitch. Not Camille. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) He could have had a bad bitch. Not Camille. That's your your theme song. Yeah, truth hurts. Why men great till they gotta be great? Okay. (laughs) Okay. Anyways, welcome bike. We bike, 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 bike again. Bike, 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 bike again. Oh, that's why I wasn't a good pop. It's okay, your mouth a little muzzled, which is rare. Anyway, we bike people. Welcome to another episode of Eat, Sing, Carry. Carry, Eat, Munch. Okay, now. Peck. You peckish? No. <laughs> Not today? I just eat. You just eat? I eat. You eat? I eat on. Oh, okay. Anyway, we back, y'all. What's up? So, what have you been listening to, Crystal? Um, Samo. <laughs> Damn it. Samo. Damn it. Damn um, it. Gospel music. Me too. Well, that's the reasons why I've been listening to a lot. <laughs> yeah, but I've been on my gospel. gospel. I've been listening to my gospel. I've been listening to Shayna Wilson. Gospel. Gospel. According to the word of the Lord. Preach, sure Lord. Ain't God all right? Yes, she is. Um, I listen to gospel. Shayna. Shayna. I, I've always liked Shayna Wilson. Okay. Well, sorry, Wilson Williams. She's hyphenated now. Okay. And I started to listen to All Nations, Atlanta's album. Yeah. Well, you know what I've been on. I've been on Lawrence Flowers and Intercession yeah. for the last week. Every day I love it sinks me flying. Been bumping that Keeps first album. Com- Listen, I really believe, I've been saying this forever, they should do, redo that album. It's everything. Or do we do some of the songs like yeah. Forever is my joint? I've been bumping that album this week. Yeah. And I, I'm starting to listen to Wait a to, minute, just one second. Don't um, you know? Some of uh, the Walls Group's music now. You know, after, after, this show. after watching that Terrell piece, I tried. I don't know. <laughs> I just feel like children can sing while I hear their music, but I'm kind of like, mm. you ain't got the oil you want. I gotta say the oil I want because I know they're oily. Uh huh. It's just not my zhuzh. Okay. I'm like maybe I need to listen again, but like 
I had it on random, so maybe it's a particular album or songs under this too, but on random I was like, no, I'm good. Giving it a shot. I never really listened to it before. I like them singing live more so than recorded stuff. Oh, really? Yeah. That's how Why? I, that's how I am an artist anyway. But I, I, for me, with Jill Scott, I can hear Jilly live. Listen, Lord. Hopefully I'm maybe going to see Jill in 12, but I'm working out. But see her live, listen to live stuff, like videos. But album stuff, do me just right. You're, you're right. But it's, and PJ. For, for her and PJ, they've proven themselves live already. So I can rock with the, the recorded stuff. I have this whole thing of you can't sing, sing live, you can't sing. Oh, no. I, so I firmly believe that. A like, lot of times I won't listen to it. If you sound a hot garbage mess live, I'm not. Unless it's a bop. Mary's a bop. Mary's a bop. She's a forever bop. Sierra has bops. My goodies. My go- Anytime they come on. It's a bop. It makes you want to go to her concert. Not. No offense. That's just not my. It's somebody's Jewish. It ain't mine. But it's just not mine. And what matters is what's my Jewish. Because I just want to hear somebody to take me out with a good vocal. Fantasia. Take me out. <laughs> so, speaking of Fantasia, we're talking about what we're listening to. What about her new Enough? Is it Enough? Mm-hmm. How you feel about that? Because I know you love Tay Tay. <laughs> I like the direction she's going. I don't know. I don't know what the album itself sounds like yet. So I don't know if that was a good first release of a single. But I like the feel. But you know her history with singles. It's on. It's hit and miss. <laughs> so it's kind of like, girl, why you put that one out? So hopefully this is a good one. I think I like the feel. Um, I like the feel she's going for her live performance as well. Like even on the BET Awards, she did the whole live band, background singers actually singing kind of thing, which I really love. So I'm I'm already here for the sound and the feel she's going for mm-hmm. with this record. So but also I'm the, here the for aesthetic it. of having a live band and right. live vocalists. And she wants to go back to the real feel of R and B. She's she's sticking to the rock soul feel. But she wants to... No, she didn't say R&B. She said she wants to go back to real love music. Music about love. Wasn't like the 90s or something like yeah. that she said? Okay. Like Tony, she's channeling Tony Braxton. Seven whole days. That song, Anita. She's, that's what she's trying now to channel. Now listen, Anita, I'm so sad I did not go Faith. see Anita when she was here. That's the kind of stuff she wants to okay. go for. Okay. So Okay. I'll make it up to you. You done? Baby, no. I'm singing to my, my boo-to-be, my husband. Okay. Whenever that come along. Okay. What's up? But, okay, so that's what I'm listening to. Gospel. Gospel. Shana. Uh, that's about it. So, as we peruse through the web, what you see this week? Um, so, one of my brothers in fraternity, in fraternal bonds and such posted a a, a statement on Facebook Mm -hmm. that interested me. He said the quote unquote LGBT agenda seems to outweigh the quote unquote black agenda a lot of times. Which was very which which was a very interesting statement to me. And even some of the comments under it (laughs) It brings out some. Sometimes it brings out the ignorant people, and I don't think that was his intent. Gotcha. Um. So, how do you feel about that statement? Um. 
because you know June is considered Pride Month and Black, Black Music, Music Month. Month. And honestly, like I said, like I, I don't always remember Black Music Month. It's like I only remember it often because at church. Um, the pastor would mention it. Right. I'm like, oh, it is that month. It's never been something that, like been etched in my head. Or celebrated that way. Or celebrated like that. Period. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean, there's a couple ways you can go with that whole statement. It's just it's so broad. Of, I don't want to say loosely said. Mm-hmm. It's broad. So it's kind of like I would want to talk to him more to get what he was trying to say. But initially, I'm kind of like. I get what you're saying, but I think it was it was more prevalent this year because this was the anniversary of Stonewall. Stonewall, yeah. So it was like pride, like it was pride extravaganza. And also, not just because of the 50th anniversary of Stonewall, it was because of these capitalistic people. They're trying to make a dollar, and this the excuse me, it's the white gays that's going, you know. Get their whole rainbow life together. Because, you know, it's white gays. Anyways, but my thing is, like, that's another reason I was so big. Because every company tried to capitalize on Pride Month. Yeah. Every company. You saw rainbows here, rainbows there, rainbows everywhere. But now it's gone. As soon as Pride Month left, all the commercials. I bet you they don't sell for, like, 75%. All those commercials are gone. Yeah. Every last one of those commercials. Yeah. I haven't seen any. Correct me if I'm wrong, people. They're probably gone. Um, my whole take of it, well, I was like, well, true to some extent. It does. My whole thing was, like you said, there are people in the LGBT community that on, are on a side of privilege. So they have a better way of getting that, that voice, getting getting that message out than we as black people do for our stuff for most in most cases so what do you feel he meant by the statement i'm not exactly sure okay left up for interpretation yeah um i didn't read all the comments because i didn't want to get aggravated with the ignorant people so i kind of just left they it come alone. out they do in droves now my thing was this now we can't put it all on the lgbt community because where were the prevalent black peoples when it came to like black history, like black music month? None of them posted anything. None of them said anything. Like I didn't see it if they did. Yeah, and I think it's really not a thing. You know, what it I'm hasn't saying? become, it hasn't been a thing. So it's kind of like so. <laughs> the LGBT community is pushing their things forward. We as black people need to do our own work. You know what I mean? Like understand that they're getting backed by these major companies, where there are black-owned companies out here that can do the same thing. Okay. So I get it. It might not be on the same scale, and we can't compare the two. Both in the margin, but you still have black people within the LGBT community. So. Yeah. I mean, that's that's an interesting post. Like, I would kind of want, like, you know, what made you post it? Not in a bad way, just trying to get, you know, their viewpoint on it to understand. Did he respond to anything? He did, but I didn't read him. Oh, because you don't want to like have Run to bite somebody ignorant and then yeah. I and get aggravated. That's and, always possible. So I just kind of and it's funny that you speak on capitalizing on the whole LGBT movement. I was watching something else where I think the guys in the LGBT community mentioned Little Nas X coming out during Pride Month, mm-hmm. 
And he said that is him capitalizing on the movement, trying to get his sales. Because, you know, he's he's at the top of his game right now. Yeah, because... Capitalizing on this. And they say what... He said that Lil Nas X has been, like, pretty much trolling on the internet now since he's been coming... Since he's came out. Well, yeah, saying Lorraine. I heard about that. But here's my thing. Honestly, you want to know who's keeping him at number one? Children. Because them kids... Those kids love that song. Why white people kids love that song? That white, green, blue, orange, black, yellow, marigold. Love. Listen, these kids go crazy about this song. Grown-ups is too because it's a bop, but it really pushing it is mom, play this song, dad, play this song. Oh my god, play it. So I get what they're saying, but also what's really keeping that song float. It's a cute little bop because the adults are too, but the adults, the adults churn. They they keeping that thing going. I just say leave the man alone. Let him be. Let him be. You know, I mean, he's newly free. I if guess. If he capitalizing I mean, on it, he's smart. He did it. Shit. But <laughs> then people be looking. People look at it like this. Oh, because you know. But how is he? My thing is, How's is he, he exploiting it? Like, but my thing, he gonna make money off of that song regardless. He really put said, himself out there. Right. He took the chance of putting himself out there. So my question is, how is he exploiting the LGBT community when he took the chance as a black artist, a black male artist at that, putting himself out as being a like being gay? Like, how is that helping him? Like, who would think in their mindset, this is going to help me sell some music? Yeah. When that's complete opposite, when you got record labels out here telling you not to do that, to change who you are so that you can sell these records. So I don't get that whole mindset. Yeah, and people, you know, we have a whole theory about everything. We have a theory about everything. People got a theory about brushing your teeth. He had a nerve, like and then the he ass. said he hate Lil Nas' ugly self. And I was like, but the person who said it, I was like, sir, calling someone ugly. <laughs> Speaking of calling people ugly, as I was perusing through the internet this week. Okay. <laughs> I wasn't going to talk about this, but I just got me a nice little tickle. Chris Brown. Oh. Or is. Or <laughs> so Chris is up to his usual shenanigans in the media talking. I guess it was. I don't pay attention to Chris Brown, but the only way I heard about it was because I follow Tokyo Vanity on IG. Mm-hmm. She's funny to me. She says, she says some Hilarious. ignorant stuff, but she. But I also watch her stuff on IG sometimes. Um. So apparently she had a video and how she introduced with how she oh, sorry they introduced how she approached um, Mr. Brown. She said Christopher Powderhead Brown. That one sentence took me up. Okay. Because <laughs> I was like, well, okay, what is going on? So apparently he said something about it was this whole thing about he doesn't deal with dark skinned women and just the whole colorism piece about it and he tried to play her and put um something on his on his um IG um story it was like, Oh, when can I take you out? She was like, Don't play with me. So she was just going in on him. But I was just kinda like, Chris Brown, like I like everything I hear about Chris Brown is negative. And honestly I was talking at work this week and I was like, the only thing I, only music I listened to is Chris Brown was run it. His first album. I don't know how the rest of that stuff. I might not take you down, but it was like on the second album, right? Yeah, I don't know. But it was, that was just one thing I found out perusing on the internet. But I just thought it was funny because when I say she gave him every bit of what he needed in that moment, it was hilarious because she's hilarious. But my real thing about perusing, this whole thing about ASAP Rocky. 
Okay, explain this to me. I don't know what's going on. So apparently, this I don't know a little bit. He was um, arrested in Sweden, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and pretty much the Swedish government has him, you know, locked up. And it's supposed to be in inhumane conditions and all this stuff. But he was locked up. At first, they didn't know what was going on. But they say that something about he was trying to help some woman who was being harassed by two men. Okay. Um, and like a lot of artists that come out and sing, you know, like, you know, the whole free ASAP or whatever, um, and all this stuff and trying to say, you know, some, some, um, artists are saying they're going to boycott Sweden, you know, until they release, you know, some of their tours from going to Sweden unless they release ASAP Rocky or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I think it's a child name, child, yeah, ASAP Rocky, yeah. Sure. So, but here's the thing. The issue is some people are kind of like, black folks that's kind of like I get like it's no one wants somebody to be in inhumane like situations or in a facility that's just just horrible and the, and the living is horrible but the problem is um I was reading something a while back he made some comments of course about degrading women black women and I think it was about a whole colorism piece too about dark-skinned women and also about he shared his feelings in Time Out magazine about how a lot of the rappers are rapping about Black Lives Matters and things dealing with black folks. I'm so, guessing it wasn't a good opinion. No. Okay. Because everybody's like, now nah, see how the black man's done and release him and see he was trying to help somebody out. They're trying to hold it on a black card. But people ain't forget. So what he said was... Uh, it's about Black Lives Matter and the, and the murder of Mike Brown. So his response was, I did not sign up to be no political activist. I want to talk about my motherfucking lean, my best friend dying, the girls that come in and out of my life, the jiggy fashion I wear, my new inspirations and drugs. I don't want to talk about effing, excuse me, effing um, Ferguson and shit because I don't live over there. I live in oh. effing Soho and Beverly Hills. I can't, I can't relate. Oh. But well, we so, can't relate to you being locked up in Sweden. Because you, right, it's because you in Boho, you in Soho, mm-hmm. and you in Beverly Hills, you, oh, because you, you can relate to the whiteness. It's above him now. Yeah, but now, and so people, so people kind of like, oh no, oh now it's about, it's the black cause now because you locked up in Sweden and humane. And people saying, you know, get it, I don't want, who wants to be kept in mm-hmm. conditions like that? But sir, do you remember what you said about, Injustice against other black folks. You said you want to be talking about your lean and getting people draws and stuff like that. Oh, you know that's very interesting though, because Sweden is known as one of the top countries about closing their prisons because they don't really put people in jail anymore. They re- so we don't. They re- rehabilitate we rather thunkus. than rather than in prison. He's possibly facing six years. It's not a business for them over there if you go to jail you did some shit they thought it was an assault situation okay so yeah so i get what you're saying like it was like some so that's just interesting to me because it's like yeah because how their their system their legal system or whatever what they're trying to get to but yeah so it's just kind of it kind of it's kind of just reminds me of like be mindful of the things we say is there some parts of the story missing too though what you mean because like sweden is not known like I'm not even on that whole arrest. My, my thing is like not everybody talking about. Oh, I'll be he's... mindful what you say in your past. That's, that's yeah, to that's what I'm, I'm not talking about. The whole situation. I mean, he's a, he's arrested. He got arrested. Whatever happened, they want to find out. But but the thing, but what struck me was that whole what he said in the past about Black Lives Matter, and now they're saying, oh, it's a black man in prison. Oh, they're in prison, a black man for just trying to help. Blah blah blah. 
but then he separated himself clearly and clearly he's like oh i can't relate but can you relate now because <laughs> you black in sweden you black in soho you black in beverly hills you black in compton you're black in florida you're black in georgia you're black in new jersey you're black 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 everywhere so you're everywhere you're black and racism is no it's like it's it's in sweden it's in London. It's in, it's everywhere. So you're not you don't get a pass. You don't make. You that may type be this money. artist. You may be like this celebrity in the states, but you you, you're not making. A, you're not Tina, honey. You're not. Ain't Tina turned her? She she's she's Swedish. You're not Tina, you're not Janet, you're not Beyonce, you're not Jay Z, you're not none of those people whose money speak larger larger than their race. But it's just like. We like it just makes me think about how we just get so removed about who we are at the core. Yeah. At the end of the day, if you take off ASAP Rocky, I don't know your real government name, child. But if you like remove all this stuff, you are a black man in America. You are a black man in the world. You are a black man, and because you got a little bit of coin, and I don't think he came from money. But you know, niggas get brand new sometimes. That's they? my thing. Like you know, you can't relate. You you have to, either way. You got to relate on some level. You had to have some friends. And now you relate. I bet your ass relate now. I'm just like, my nigga. So, and you, especially, I don't know his music, but if you're talking about, oh, you're lean and all this stuff, some way you, you identify with black. And I'm saying lean represents black culture, but that's what the... So you're capitalizing... It's, it's the thing. You're capitalizing on that part of the black culture, but you don't want to fully be black. You don't want to deal with the aspects of being... It's almost like with cultural appropriation when they talk about people. Yeah. It's all fun to be black when it's time to really be black. Right. <laughs> like, so I was just kind of like... He thinks his money can get him out of the quote-unquote black situations with the police and the government and shit like that. No, sir. Have you seen history? So a lot of people who had money, black money, and was right in jail for super stuff. OJ had plenty of money. Plenty. Coins on top of coins. Now nah, he's... That man... Okay. Anyways, off OJ. But that was just an interesting... I was perusing through the people's book of faces. And that came up. I was kind of like... Because mm. I saw a post. And I didn't know what was going on. And I saw another post. I clicked on the article. And was like, oh, this is what they were talking about in this post. Mm. Child, let me just sip my little <laughs> chamomile tea. Or my Earl Grey with a little dash of creamer. Because this is foolish. Come on, creamer. Come on. It's Earl Grey. That's, that's, my, that's my breakfast in the morning, honey. Earl Grey with creamer. That Irish... Okay, we are really off subject. Irish, um, the Irish creamer. Uh-huh. Oh, I didn't get it right that time. But, baby, she's a blessing. Listen, if you've never had it, get some Earl Grey tea. Tastes like Fruity Pebbles. Okay, I can. I wasn't a fruity pebble kid. It tastes like fruity pebbles milk. I'm gonna go ahead and tell you that now. Think about it next time you drink it. No, I have every time I think about it because I think about it every time I drink it. And when I describe it, I was like, oh, it's gonna taste like fruity pebbles. But I be like, it does, kind of. <laughs> now, depending on how much creamer you putting in there, if you putting your whole lifelong worth of creamer. I get then, mine from the books of Star. I make my own. Anywho, that was just interesting about that now what i would like to discuss today is this thing we call growth okay what kind of growth just like you know i don't i like i said in other episodes i've really been on this whole self-improvement um 
uh, evolving and you know learning and unlearning. Okay. Because sometimes some to make to be better, we got to unlearn some stuff. Agreed. So, I was having a conversation with somebody, and I don't, I don't remember exactly what it was. We just started talking about growth, and I, I had we were talking we were talking about something about growth, but ultimately what I was thinking about was how. Sometimes, you know, like if I, if I, like I've said, I've grown Hakeem. Like I said, we've known each other for hella long. Mm -hmm. And I hope out of these 11 years, I'm not the same person. Oh, was it 11? Yeah. The same person you met in 2008. I hope I'm not the same person in 2019. True. You know what I'm saying? I would hope there is a, you've seen a change in me. And hopefully for the better, you know, I'm not saying through this journey of life we don't backtrack or we don't. No, we don't always get the stuff right. True. But I was just talking to the person. I don't remember who I was talking to. But just saying that when we grow, I think sometimes we forget that other people have to grow too. And <laughs> that's so funny. Keep going. Now. That some people have to grow too. So a lot of times we'll say, oh, I've grown. I've, I've gotten so better. And then we want forgiveness and mercy from other people. Let's just say somebody did you wrong. Right. And let's say you did me wrong, right? And I say I've grown, and I, I believe I've grown, and I've done the work, and I, I'm evolving and becoming a better person and seeing eyes through a different type of lens. Uh, th seeing eyes. Seeing life through a different type of lens. And you say you come to me, and, you know, I can't forgive you for whatever it is that you did to me, but you've noticeably had a change. Mm -hmm. How am I going to hold you hostage? That's a good way of putting that. You know, how am I going to hold you hostage? Holding your past hostage. Yeah. How am I going hold to that, hold that against you? And you've really, really changed. But I want others to accept me and possibly you okay. to accept this change and see the change in me and see that I'm working. So I think it's really unfair and it's selfish at times. Like, we've all been done wrong in our life. You talked about your friend that came back mm -hmm. and apologized. I have people that I just, I still just don't do it. Not that I'm mad at them or whatever. It's just that I realize that I just can't have that in my life as I'm trying to evolve and grow. Now, granted, if I go back and I see a real true change and they, they approach me or whatever or something, I am willing. If you've really done your work, because some people just didn't do some work. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to be like, okay, you've grown from that and we can look into rebuilding. Now, I'm not saying forget these things. Because you, you have to make sure that there's not a repeat. And if it is, you got to know these flags. But, oh, there it is. And there's nothing wrong with that. Protecting, we like to say protecting our peace. And child, yeah. So I have questions along those lines. Okay. Okay, so say you've grown. Mm-hmm. Is there a time frame on how long you allow somebody to grow? For me, I can only speak for me. If, if let's, say if you, let's, let's say if you approached it. And this is like a real, I think it's like grown-up type friendship okay. at this point. If there's a situation we had and, you know, you came to me, you talk, talked about, hey, I, this is what I did. I know I was wrong. I'm not where I want to be, but I'm working on me. Okay. If I see you actually working on you, I can rock with, I can rock with that. You've acknowledged the situation. You've acknowledged that you are, you're not where you want to be. None of us are where we want to be, honestly. True. But you're, you're working. You might be in a stage. You might be at ground zero. But you're making commit. And maybe your first step was to come to these people and be like, hey, this is what happened in the past. I, I, you gotta, this, that's your start. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to walk with that person 
the whole way if I can. Okay. But if I can't, I just can't. That was my next question. So what do you do when you see those flags of the past? Do you rock with them and try to say, hey, this is the issue we had last time? Or you'll be like, oh, I'm not going to deal with that again. I get, does it depend on the person and the situation? Yes. Okay. You know what? Almost, I can't, you know what? Kind of, sort of, not really. I can, my thing is, I'm kind of like, maybe I'll acknowledge it and be like, hey, but then for me, me acknowledging after I see, because me, my first mind is just, oh, let me just get rid of them. <laughs> let me just cut them off. So for me, a growing point for me is to be, let me address this. Yeah. And let's see how it works out. Mm-hmm. It depends on how, how that conversation goes. Let me know if I need to make my exit or if I continue on this path with them. Okay. But my first mind is to be like, red flag, time to go. Okay. But sometimes some red flags are just a red flags you need to go. So it's, it's case by case. Okay. And it's just some people, you know, some people you really want the best for them, but they got to want that for themselves. Understandable. And sometimes as much as I want it for them, if they don't want it for themselves and then I can do about it, I just have to let you go. Okay. But a lot of times, somebody don't like the people don't come back around though. Like you know, they don't come back full circle. Like for instance, with your friend, like you let the situation go. They came back, apologized. A lot of times, that does not happen. It's just like kind of like, oh, we're done. Bum bum The end. It doesn't come back to that. Oh, and it, this, then for me, it's like kind of like the, the value, the value on the friendship or the relationship you have with that person. Right. That's my thought. What's your thoughts about grace and, and being? You know, my the way I develop friendships is a lot different from a lot of people. Okay. Because um, I don't remember how we became really this close, but yeah. I got drug around. Not by you. Oh, I'm about to say now. Nah. Like, I'm going over. We're going over here. Come. Okay. Oh. And then I just kept coming. And I welcomed you into my home. <laughs> and it just happened like that. I think when I joined the praise team. Midnight's of space. Yeah. And it just kept happening. Well, you're here now. You're stuck. Okay. Anyway. Well, for me, it's like... People call me antisocial already. Mm. You know. So, if I... If we end up being friends, I expect already as a friend because you already know my situation with friendships and how what I expect and like what I give as a friend so um most times me and my friends we just grow together like I don't I don't I don't like cutting people off I think that's the thing for me but if I call you a friend it's because I'm ready to do that long haul with you because you don't call me any friend. Right. Well, we talk about the whole friend piece. So that plays into it for me with growth. Okay. Because I'm, if, you, if I already call you friend, we're growing together. So timeline doesn't matter. Like, I might grow beyond where you are right now. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be there while you're growing. Mm-hmm. Because I called you friend. Okay. So that's a little different for me now. In the case of associates. I don't necessarily have to have you around. So. (laughs) Now, if you're just off the wall, you can just mosey on 
about your business. Carry on and be. But you know what I'm saying? If you're asking for help or you're asking for, you know. You're open to that. I'm open to it. Okay. But just don't get, don't, don't get to the point where it affects my life. Because I didn't sign, we didn't sign that contract. (laughs) Not the friend contract. We didn't sign that contract. We didn't make that that pact. So when it comes to growth, let's, so what's your, um, trying to think when it comes to growth, I'm trying to think how I want to say this. Now, you know, you're kind of like, like, just say it. I don't, I don't know how I want to say it. Um, do you feel like, well, I kind of know your answer, but I want you to expound, I guess, a necessity for growth to happen in every person's life. Just individually. Well, how do you define growth first? Just individually. Individually. Right? Yes. Growth definitely has to happen. Um, because, and how I define growth is your pers- not necessarily your perspective changing, but under- understanding different aspects of your, like, mm-hmm. outside of your perspective and respecting those perspectives outside of your perspective. Okay, I don't perspective. Because a lot of times where you have your idea about something mm-hmm. and your idea is the center of that world. Where you can't respect and everybody, wrong everybody and else is wrong. Yeah. You can't agree to disagree. Mm-hmm. And baby, I, I love to agree to disagree. So I feel like as a child, a lot of times, a lot of us are in that world of I'm right, you're wrong. Mm-hmm. As children. Mm-hmm. And as we grow up and deal with different life situations, we should get to the point where we can agree to disagree but everybody doesn't get to that point and some people take a long a long a long time to get to that point Mm -hmm. like life situations change how people grow and how fast they grow okay like my situation with friends has caused me to grow quicker than some of my friends may have and i had to allow them like i couldn't just give them my perspective and be like hey don't do that because this is what happened to me I had to allow my friends to experience things on their own to be like, oh, you told me this, but I needed to experience it mm-hmm. to, to, to grow to Those that life point. lessons. Yes. And I, when I think about the whole idea about growth, it's just always, I think of old black country. I ain't going say it's just country folk. It's just like, so like an elderly person is oh, one of your elders is that way. They, they just like that. They just always been like that. They gonna always be like that. Blah blah blah. I think that's an excuse. It is. I'm too old to change. Blah. I do. I despise that thought process. I do not like it. And so many old elders and older black folks and just can't teach your all new tricks. Teach your yeah, old dog new tricks. I, I have. I have an aunt that's kind of like that. I'm gonna say. Hmm, I have an aunt that's like that. Like. It's just, and it's just to a point where being rude, and so it's like to the point, it was, it was years ago. It was almost like just being rude for like, this is who I am, this is how I am, blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, no, we, that's not an excuse to just be just out flat rude. We just like, and people like to use that as a clutch to be like, oh, that's just how I am. Mm-hmm. No. Because you can be bopped in your mouth 60 to 70. So, no. Oh, shit. That just took me. <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm, I'm big on it. I'm like, oh, um, they just old. They just, uh-uh. Old and fickle. Uh-uh. So she can get punched uh-uh. in her mouth. She, fickle and old. She can get punched in her mouth. I'm just... <laughs> and it's not about me not disrespecting Ooh, my elders. Because they, they're like, yes, it's funny just growing up and now 
my grandmother just turned 101. It's just awesome. <laughs> but it's just like now, because being an adult in the family, you were the kid. You know, yeah. I'm still the grandchild, but I am good in my mid-30s. So my thing is like, it with my aunts and uncles, I, I'm that child. I'm my, my mom's child. I'm the child that's just kind of like. You are definitely that child. <laughs> you know what I'm about to say. What I'm about to say. That'll speak your mind. I am. You're not going to. My my words is like, if I don't let Herbert and Pearl treat me like that, you won't do it. Because listen, because yeah. Hakeem's been there at my house with me and my dad. <laughs> I've been in the midst of like, <laughs> And it's not disrespectful. It's just like, listen, I am an adult. We're gonna keep this keep this real real cute, okay? We're not gonna do this. So I just think a lot of times, I'm going on a tangent now about just no, growth. Good. But just I thought about how we like to say, oh, they're just like that. Um, and even with growth, for me, um, growth goes in so many different areas: growing spiritually, growing emotionally, growing mentally. Yeah. Like a lot of stuff, I thought back. Shoot, Hakeem, 2008, 2017, 2016, I don't think that way anymore. Um, My thinking has evolved. One, I credit it to my friends, my diverse group of friends. Two, I credit it to seminary. Yeah. And that's just not on the spiritual. Don't do that. Maybe you came back a whole new creature, and I was like, woo. And 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 what's funny is people just think you just get this whole loosing of this compartment on this spirituality and, and religion. No, it was it, it was my whole life completely, yeah, completely changed. And just in seminary, along with my friends, changed my life like a 180. I'm gonna say it's a 180. Would you say it's a 180? It was a lot. It just made you open your mind to different aspects of life. And how I walked through life. And that you weren't like, you were exposed to it, but you didn't get it. Oh, I didn't embrace it. And you didn't try to get it. But it was I wouldn't of, say I didn't try to get it. It wasn't that you, had, you didn't have to get it. So I'm saying, in fact, that you didn't try to get it, it wasn't like, okay, that ain't me. It ain't like you were not just ignoring it, but it was just kind of like, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, because I'm good for, oh, okay. Oh, okay. But at seminary, I feel like it was thrown in your face. Okay, what do you refer, like? What was thrown like, in my face? Not just different aspects of life was kind of like. I'm trying to remember stuff. Just okay. It was kind of like just like boom. Even the way I see like spirit or God, universe, whatever you call the higher being that you that you answer to. Mm-hmm. So, even how I see that spiritually, I believe that as I'm evolving, because a lot of times we like to say, "Oh, God is God," and I think also think that God evolves with me. Most people be like, what? I think that as I evolve, God evolves. Yeah. And, you know, we like to say God's the same today and forevermore, Jesus and all this stuff. But I really believe my understanding and my connection and, and everything that dealing with God and spirit, as I'm evolving, so is God evolving with me. Mm-hmm. Like, because I, like, one of, like, one of the things I always say is the God I met, the God I was introduced to was not the God I met. Oh, wow. And we have to touch that on another subject, but I, I, the God I was introduced to as a child growing up is not the God I met. I agree on that statement wholeheartedly because you know, I, well, I don't know what's going into a tangent. <laughs> I grew up Lutheran. And yeah. For those who don't know what Lutheran is, it's the first break off from the Catholic Church. So we are borderline. Catholic. But my church was a little different because it was all black. Which, when I found that out, I was like, it's a black Lutheran church? <laughs> I just like, thought all white people and hymnals. <laughs> it's three of those in my hometown. <laughs> the, or the little, um, 
What's the little choir books? In the choir books. It's like two or three black Lutheran churches in my hometown. And I'm shocked. So, growing up Lutheran, like, God was just like, it wasn't like, Chris, like, whole religion thing wasn't like, it was just like, it, it, it is what it was. It wasn't like something I really harped on, I really mm-hmm. paid too much attention to, I didn't really think about praying, I didn't really think, I just knew I went to church and I sung in the choir. Lord, music kept us there. You know what I'm saying? Um, but I've grown definitely spiritually from you all. Especially my friends um, ended up at a different type of church. Um, and then the friends I've connected with in that church and understanding their walks with religion and Christianity. And I have friends who were Wicca and Christian. I had friends who mm-hmm. are in the LGBT and Christian. I have all these people who are in the Christian faith. And it's so, it, it, it just kind of blew my mind. And I'm I'm actually grateful for where I began, as far as with my faith, mm-hmm. but because I wasn't tainted in such a way that I couldn't understand others. A lot of times with these black That's churches, that's good. A lot of times with these black churches that you have that grandmama said people who say my grandma said this and this how it goes. I wasn't raised like that. A lot of people had their grandma theology and got their so, own. What are we going on a whole different time? I know. <laughs> it's fine. But this is part of the growth, though. Yeah, yeah. Me not being tainted as a child within this area allowed me to grow in such an amazing way and allowed me to find God for myself. Meet God. Like, I can't say. I kind of almost want to disagree now because of saying this, the same God you were introduced is not the same God that you met. I feel like I was introduced to God to the same God that I met because I really didn't think about God when I was younger. Like, I didn't really understand, like, it wasn't a thought process. It was kind of like, mm-hmm. it's just another part of life. Okay. But as I got older and understood the being and understood the whole spirituality aspect of it, um, I feel like I met that guy that I know today, but at the same time, I was kind of like iffy about it because there was so much doctrine telling me I was wrong. Yeah, and, and when I say I, the God I was introduced to is not the God I met, that's and that's including all of this, all this it. stuff, like not just like the Godhead, like the the forgiving God and the the God is angry and just mm-hmm. mad at God's children and all this stuff. It's like everything dealing with how does it choose God, religion, the church, and all that stuff. It has completely, that's not what, you know, the understanding of God and spirit and just that whole thing has really changed for me. And I guess I say, what I say is because I felt like my introduction, my introduction to actually what God was is when I left home. Got you. So Got when you. I met all these people from these different walks of life, that was God. But me also learning about the traditionalist aspects of God was afraid to, to embrace all these other aspects of God that I had been introduced to before I learned the whitewashed version of it. Baby. You get what I'm saying now? Ooh. Yeah, I get what you're saying. And, that's so, and it's deep now that I'm thinking about it. It's like, this, like... I met this this God. I met because being being at an HBCU, meeting so many different people, and the different walks of of people with God, it was just like, wow. 
Yeah, I had a even in the music department itself. It was you know a, what I'm saying? Like it was a, it was a lot. It's like you meet all these people <laughs> in their different walks and what they're dealing with with God, and it's like I was exposed to that, and it was a shock. I'm not gonna lie. It was, was like, like what in the world I'm going? What's the world is going on today? <laughs> <laughs> but that's the God I met, but it wasn't the God I clung to initially. Okay. And I had to grow back into embracing the God I met. Okay. Okay. If that makes sense. It's kind of like no. I you get what met you're saying. It, you got scared. You went back. We're going to have to come back to this. Now, I'm not saying to finish what you're saying, but my thought is we're going to have to have a whole episode about just <laughs> spirituality, God, church, you all of this. You met the God, you got scared because you felt like it was wrong because people told you it was wrong. So you went back to what the people, those people, and then as you grew up and you started to experience God again for yourself, you saw that so much of what they told you was wrong. So you ended up back with the God that you met in the beginning. What's so funny is... I'm, that whole phrase where I just said the God I was introduced to is not the God I, I met but what's funny is as a child we ask these questions so you met that God first no 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 okay. I met that yeah met but when I was introduced to God for gotcha. formally retaining with adults and their isms is that's the God that I knew gotcha you see what I'm saying I so now we come back as a childlike thing because what's so funny about Goodness, growing, this going back into growth, uh-huh. about growing and, and all this in the aspects of life. A lot of times I hear, like, I watch, I was listening to the read and how oftentimes they talk about their, their process going through therapy. And they always have to go back to that childhood part of things. So when we're grown, we always have to go back to that child. That's when we were innocent. The slate was darn near clean. It pretty much was clean. So a lot of times when kids have are inquisitive, we stop that because, like, you don't question God. You don't do this about God. So you stop the growth in understanding who God is. So here we are. I, I may have had them questions as a child, but then I, I grew up in an old missionary Baptist church. So you already know I'm woman <laughs> in, a, in a Baptist church. We limited already in that space. Right. But it's funny because I got the adult impression of what God is, but I'm sure I had questions as a child. Yeah. Or like, how this happened? And Jonah in the well, like what? what, what you know what I'm sense? saying? Yeah. And then we're told like, you don't question God. It's just what the book says. So you start bringing out this. We, I get somebody else's theology. Yeah. I don't get a chance to explore mine yeah. as a child and be inquisitive and get the answers that, or the questions that like making an adult be like, you know what? I don't know the answer, but we can walk with this thing together. That's the problem. But that's child. But that, that whole growing period, I realized that, a lot of times we have to go back to our childhood yeah. for a lot of things like childlike. just under childlike, you know, what, what, and sometimes dealing with, and when stuff arises, I heard them talking about this on, on the read and, um, like when stuff arises, Chris was like, I have to talk to that, that 10 year old child, like what it, cause it's, 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 that's who's showing up in this situation when something happens cause it triggered something. You see okay. what I'm saying? So saying it triggered something and it made me think with so much stuff that happens in childhood that. Either we, parents because they just don't know no better, mm-hmm. or adults, I want to just say parents, really, really, you know, can make or break you as you grow in, into your adulthood and your, and your, and being a, a being, a, you know, your beingness. Because a lot of stuff is, is that, that's when we got to be mindful about, and that's why I'm kind of indifferent mindful about raising kids. Say. But if I do get the chance to raise some children, I want to be able, it's not about me being their friends, but I want to be able to have that child express themselves in all manners. And like, like instead of that 
spare the rise, spoil the child type mentality to beat the ass. Or that, that mentality. But I want to be able to, I don't know how, you know what I'm trying to say. I'm not, I Let can't get into words. Be. Let them be kids. Let them but and when be. it happens, you can't, all talk. children don't respond to getting their butt beat. Some kids, all you got to do is talk to them about a situation or get an understanding or hear them. It's so funny that you're talking about this. Yeah. Because on The Breakfast Club, mm-hmm. Tia, Maury, Mm-hmm. went on there and they talked about I was going to watch that one raising a child mm-hmm. and she says she does not believe in whooping her kids because you're basically teaching the kids fear and she said a lot of parents go to the whole ideology of whooping and beating because they don't want to have that conversation of why things are like they are and why are you in trouble or why you know what I'm saying that kind of she was like I, I'm going to have that, talk, that tough talk with my kids yeah, and it's just it's even with dealing with kids, so much that needs to be said and talked about. We like to brush the kids are not stupid. <laughs> but how you said, <laughs> go back to your childhood. You know what's so funny is that the stunting of the growth in children has affected me. I want to say spiritually because that was a different situation for me. But even in my my whole idea of my work life. Because as a child, you have this, I'm going to be this when I grow up. So, it's just things that people don't, I'm not going to say who said it to me, but it was like, even, I like to sing. Mm-hmm. Music has always been my heart. Mm-hmm. Someone in the family told me I couldn't sing when I was little. And I was like, bitch, I am that singer. But because this person said, oh, you can't sing. It brought sing, up insecurities and now you have these insecurities as an adult. I will pass out on a stage. And it's crazy you mentioned that because I was reading the four agreements, an example of somebody that told somebody they couldn't sing and they stopped singing. I will literally. Be impeccable with your words is one of the, I think it's the first agreement in the four agreements. And that is, that's, that's a thing. I literally have stage fright to the point where I will faint. Like I have to take off my glasses because I can't, I can't see. And people say, why do you take, how does taking your glasses off help you be able to sing? Mm -hmm. I can't see the judgment in your eyes. And that is my answer. And I never told, really tell people, well, it's just because I say, oh, I just can't see. It's because I can't see the judgment in people's eyes. And that stemmed from being told when you were you a child that you could not Because I sing. can see if I'm messing up or they don't like the sound of it in their eyes. So the whole taking off the glasses stems from when I was a child. Wow. And that's what I'm saying, like... This growth thing, it all starts in our childhood. And it's crazy. I think about growth and stuff now with my um my niece who they say is my twin. And you know, I, I and even with that I gotta do better with my nieces and nephews. My my oldest nephew is like twenty four. My niece, she's she's she just turned she's turning seventeen in three days. And we talk a lot, and they kind of say I'm that cool aunt. But I think I'm not blaming my sister, but she, we was raised by folks that felt that you we whoop you. We were right about old school parents and that mm-hmm. thinking, you know, so we tend to, you know, and sometimes we have to grow up a little quicker. We tend to grab onto those things mm-hmm. we're taught. So I try to be, you know, that voice of reason sometimes when my sister be ready to boo up ass, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I think not having children, my nieces and nephew has become that for me. Okay. Like, like almost like my kids. This is your opportunity. Right. I'm not saying I'm not going to be able to have children, but also 
to understand because I'm like, you know, I was that age once. How would I want to be treated? You understand how the, the now affects the future. And it does. So you're being that adult figure in their life. And it's not to negate my sister, because even though I'm like, I'm like sis, let's, let's it's look the at the encouragement. Yeah, let's look at it. Yeah. Because a lot of times as children, we don't have that encouragement, encouragement to grow and explore. Like, another example was, somebody called me a punk as a child. Like, oh. being called by an adult in your family, like, you're being a, like being a punk because of certain mannerisms you have, it affects a child in the long run. It does. We got... <laughs> Man, it makes you want to hide things. It makes you not be yourself. It makes mm-hmm. you just like, okay, I got to make sure this person doesn't see this. I got to make sure I act like this in front of this person. It makes you not want to be around your family. Yeah, yeah, and it's crazy. Like even with my childhood, I've, I can remember. What's funny is I'm sitting here thinking, and I'm and I haven't gone to like you know a therapist yet. I'm going to go, and I'm, I'm not I'm not afraid to say that I'm going to go sit on somebody's couch. Get my therapy on so I can get some work some of this stuff out because I I know what this stuff triggers, but a matter of me having to work through these things. Right. And I know it has affected me in my mid thirties. I'm mid thirties, right? This happened when I was like twelve, thirteen. A major major situation in my in my life happened and I know why I keep my room dark because during that time I did that. Mm. Um I also it was something else that I realized. Um me, me shutting people shutting down something happened and it was just like my it was funny my siblings I told my sister this maybe a couple of years ago and she was like I never knew this and this was like two years ago and I was like the day that happened you and you and my, you and my her and my brother they fussed at me and so I stopped talking to people but I stopped bottling everything inside that came from my childhood till I was like in my 30s wow that I started I stopped talking about my feelings because of that one incident that happened and you know, and it's like not blaming anybody, but I understand some of the things I do. It stems from that situation um, and how I react to things. I was just gonna say, I can't remember what I was gonna say, but it made me like I need to go to, to the doggone therapist. But this is growth in itself. You know what I'm saying? Like, a lot, and I, I wouldn't. I, don't, I can even say maybe last year I couldn't have these conversations mm-hmm. um, about. Stuff you did like I deal with, I don't. It's not diagnosed, but I think I deal with anxiety mm-hmm. horribly to the point where I'd be ready to throw up. And me just acknowledging that now, mm-hmm. I don't think I could have had these conversations before. I was like, oh, I can't. I don't deal with that kind of stuff. You know how, people, how black folks are. That's why people stuff. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> black people stop saying that. It's black, black people stuff too. Yeah, you know, that's white people stuff. We don't deal with that. We don't the Pray about it. Take it to the Lord. And, and take yourself to this couch. <laughs> you can pray about it, but at the same time, go to this couch. Black folks love to say that. And so me, just this whole ideology of I need help is growth. Because a lot of times, as adults, and you know, we don't like to say, I need help. I can't mm-hmm. do this by myself. I think that's a point of growth. And going back to dealing with those friends, it's like, if I have a friend that comes to the point where it's like, I need help. Because it takes a lot to just say those little words. I need. I can take somebody back as a like to work with them mm-hmm. if they literally come to me and be like, "I need help." That's your first step right there. Yeah. That's that's a humongous part of growth for me is when you get to the point where you say, "I need." You can look like you got it all together, mm-hmm. but inside you are torn up. I need help. That's growth for me. 
Well, that's a good place to start right there, friend. <laughs> so I'm, I just want to give us some encouraging. Well, no, I, I got some Tom Fuller to say first because I got a dear church niggas. Um, but even closing out a conversation about growth, um, this life is a continuous journey of growing, growing pains. Because um, it hurts. Unlearning, learning. Um, you know, people, just be, just be great and grow. It's be right. open. Be open. How I want to end it is be childlike. Be that child you were. The inquisitive, the questioning, the adventurous, the self-affirming child that you were. Because like I said, back when you were a child, you said, I am this. I'm mm-hmm. going to be this. And this can't stop me no matter what. Let's go back to being those childlike people. And what? And yeah, I, what's funny is I remember I was going to say now. I don't remember what I was like before a child, before all that happened in my life. So I know I, I know I have to go sit on the couch because I don't know what it means to be childlike. Oh wow! I don't know the joys of childhood because that one moment overshadows everything in my childhood. So you can't remember. I don't remember. Yeah. Woo! Now I felt it in my shondo. I'm about to cry, but. And that's how I know that's the that that work has to be done. Cause what you're saying, be childlike. I can't tell you what it means to be childlike. What it means to be childlike. I can remember well, playing for basketball yourself. for myself. Like you have an idea. What what is like the highlights of what my childhood? What were your dreams? I don't. Like know. what was fun to you? That kind of. Stuff. I mean, play on my cousins and stuff, but yeah. like at the core of it, you don't know what it is to be. I don't, cause. All I can remember from my childhood is being, that moment Being in forced time. to grow up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in a sense, kind of. Yeah. So, yeah. Now, before we part, I know it was got really... I'm going to have to go on some foolishness because I'm getting too emotional. Thank you. Dear church niggas, you know, I said we are going to do this... We said we are going to do this segment while oh, we first oh, started, but I got a dear church niggas. Okay. So, I'll post on, on Facebook... <laughs> Excuse me. Who dearly beloved? Let me say this. Can I help? It says, "Can I help? Can I just help church folk for a minute?" Church people have sex. Church people have sex in marriage. <laughs> church people have sex out of marriage. Church people are gay. Church people are bi. Church people are straight. Church people are polygamous. Church people have threesomes. Church people have orgies. <laughs> Church people film their sex. Church people are voyeurist, uh, voyeuristic. Um, Church people masturbate. Church people participate in BDSM. Church people have complex sex lives. Church people from the pulpit to the door are having orgasms one way or another. <laughs> I don't care who doesn't like it. It's the truth. God bless everybody. I'm tired of this whole church. The body of believers drain me daily. <laughs> I'm tired of this church. <laughs> Dear church niggas. Have sex. <laughs> and enjoy it. I just want to, and I'm going to, we're going to close with this. We're going to end this service with this. 
let's stop acting like we're not having sex and we're not sexual beings. And that's another topic, but let's stop pretending. Let's talk about sex, baby. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about you and me. Let's, let's talk, talk about, about all the good things and the bad things that may be. Let's talk about sex. Let's talk about sex. Talk about sex. Let's talk about poop. Bye, y'all. Bye. <laughs>